This episode of Soul Food is brought to you by the Muslim Chaplaincy of Toronto, which is dedicated to providing prophetic care, compassion, and mercy to Muslim students at four campuses across the greater Toronto area. Support their Empower Love campaign by donating today at mcuft.com slash donate. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 2 of Soul Food where we're going to look at fasting and the understanding of fasting and the virtues of fasting in the month of Ramadan and outside of the month of Ramadan and we're going to continue looking at this beautiful book by Sheikh Hassan Mashat known as the duties of the people of belief in the month of Ramadan so in this episode, we're going to look at the Prophet's dua, peace and blessings be upon him, upon seeing the new crescent. We're going to look at the importance of intention within fasting. And then we're also going to look at the virtues of fasting itself. The Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, in a hadith narrated by Abdullah ibn Umar, may Allah be well pleased with him, said that the Prophet wasallam, when he would see the new crescent, in the month of Ramadan and for every single month, that he had a beautiful dua. And it's really worth learning this and reflecting upon it and understanding it. He would say, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when seeing the new crescent, he would say, Allahu Akbar, Allahumma ahilhu alayna bil amni wal iman, wa salamati wal islam, wa tawfiqi lima yuhibbu rabbuna wa yarda. And that means that when he would see this crescent, he would say, God is greater than everything else. And then he would say, Oh God, Oh Allah, bring this month upon us with safety and faith, remaining in peace and in the religion of Islam, and give us success to fulfill what our Lord loves and is pleased with. And then he would say to the moon, Our Lord and your Lord is Allah. And one of the reasons he would say that is because even the celestial bodies, they are servants of God and they fulfill his commands, but also because people used to worship celestial bodies and reminding them that God is in control of everything great and small. And it's a beautiful reminder as well. I love this dua from the Prophet because it reminds us that the believer is connected to the cosmos. The Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he was so real in his experiencing life that everything that you could possibly experience from eating to seeing the stars and the moon is somehow connected to your understanding and realization and witnessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So everything was an opportunity to remember the greatness of Allah the Exalted and that we are connected to nature and that nature, the sun and the moon and the leaves and everything beautiful that we see 
points towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that everything is a sign. Uh, so that's what the Prophet sallallahu would do upon entering the new month. And that brings us to the point about fasting and the intention around fasting. The Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he taught us that actions are based according to intentions and that every person gets what they intended. And scholars say that for every act of worship, you need to have an intention to fulfill that act of worship. So for the month of Ramadan, believer has to consciously make the intention to fast the entire month. When Ramadan enters and the new crescent is sighted, which has already happened, alhamdulillah, but a person should take a few moments and say, I intend to fast the month of Ramadan as an opportunity to get closer to Allah, seeking His reward and His good pleasure and following in the footsteps of the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. And if for some reason a person's fasting is interrupted, whether it's illness or travel or other valid reasons, then a person would renew their intention when they would begin fasting again. So let's say, for example, you know, God protect you, but you get sick and you can't fast for a day. The next day when you're ready to fast, you would renew that intention. So Imam Malik, one of the great scholars of Islam, he said that a person can make that intention at the beginning of the month for the entire month, and that is sufficient. But another great scholar, Imam al-Shafi'i, he said that it's required every night in Ramadan. So either way, whatever you can do, but just make sure to be mindful and to have that intention to fast. And one of the benefits of that is that it reminds you why you're doing this. It reminds you the blessing and the opportunity. And yes, it might not always be easy and it is a sacrifice and it is a struggle for your nafs, but it reminds you why you're doing it and it brings you back to focus. And then that brings us to the final point regarding the virtues of fasting. On the authority of Abu Hurairah, may God be well pleased with him, who said that the Messenger of God, peace and blessings be upon him, said that God the Majestic says, and this is known as a Hadith Qudsi, a beautiful Hadith conveying a message from the Divine, that Allah says all the deeds of the child of Adam are for him, except for fasting, for it is mine and I give its reward. And scholars say, why does Allah say that it is mine and all the other deeds are for the child of Adam except this? They say it's because it's the most invisible act of worship and that means it's safe from showing off for other people. Another meaning that they say is that the reward is commensurate to the one who is giving it. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the infinitely perfect the Lord of majesty and beauty. And when he says, it is mine and I give its reward, then it's a reminder to you and I that it can't be quantified and that it is so vastly beyond our imagination that it is connected to the one who is giving it, subhanahu wa ta'ala, glorious and sublime is he. The hadith goes on to say that fasting is a shield so on the days that any of you is fasting, let him not say anything vile or yell or scream at another person. And if anyone insults or fights him, let him say, I am fasting. And one of the things that this teaches us is that it's about controlling the nafs and refining its characteristics. So when you're fasting, and this probably happens, and someone annoys you, 
or someone tries to argue with you or insults you, then you remind your nafs that I am fasting. I need to control myself, that I need to be at an elevated level of understanding and mindfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that I do not respond in a negative way. And then the hadith goes on to say, I swear by the one who has control over Muhammad's soul that the scent of a fasting person's mouth is sweeter than musk in the sight of God. This is really beautiful because as you're probably realizing, whether you've seen it within yourself or others, people's breath doesn't always smell good when they fast. It's just a reality. But it shows us that if you're feeling bad about your breath or someone's a little bit self-conscious about that, that they should know that they are honored in the sight of God and that the spiritual realities are of a greater significance than the material ones. That although other people might not like your breath, but because of your intention and because you are engaging in a sacrifice for God the exalted, it is more beautiful than even the beautiful scent of musk. The hadith continues and the Prophet says, The fasting person has two moments of joy. When he breaks his fast, obviously he or she, when a person breaks their fast, then they are joyous because they have completed a beautiful act of worship and that they have accomplished something, but also they have joy in the fact that they're eating from the blessings of God. And then the second joy is when he meets his Lord. He is joyous with his fast. That when you meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your generous creator, the one who gave you every blessing, and you meet him and you say, Oh Allah, I withheld from food and drinking and I controlled my nafs and I withheld myself from things that are normally permissible outside of the month of Ramadan, all for you, out of love of you and obedience to you and fulfilling our duty to you then you will be joyous when you meet Allah. And the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he used to make a beautiful dua and he would say, Oh Allah, make the best of my days the day I meet you. And inshallah, we ask Allah in this blessed month of Ramadan that the best day that we have in our existence is the day that we meet him. Ameen. The Prophet also teaches us in another hadith about the value and virtue of fasting is that there's a special beautiful gate of paradise known as Rayyan and those who consistently fast will enter from this special gate of Rayyan. So it is a unique door and when the people who engage in fasting enter then that gate to paradise is closed. And in another hadith, once again, this is just to give us an idea about how blessed this really is. And it gives us a sense of purpose and direction and value. Abu Umama, one of the companions, he asked the Prophet ﷺ for an act that would enter him into paradise. He said, oh, Messenger of God, teach me something special that will enter me into paradise. And he said, ﷺ, I counsel you to fast. I advise you to fast because there is nothing else like it. That fasting is unique. It is one of the pillars of the entire religion. And when Abu Umama heard this from the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, he took it so seriously that they said that they never saw smoke uh, leaving the house of Abu Umama. In other words, he never cooked food after that, except if he had a guest visiting his house. 
that when someone would come over, he would honor that person, but he would engage in fasting so regularly that it was rare to see that they were ever cooking food in that household. So this brings us to the call to action. The final thing to think about is that, you know, we all have different things that we struggle with. And maybe you might be having a difficult time with fasting. And even if you're not having a difficult time with fasting, maybe you're not at a level where you realize how beautiful and valued this is, and how special an act of worship this is. So the call to action is to ask Allah to make fasting beloved to you, even outside of Ramadan. And intend in this month of Ramadan to maintain fasting as an act of worship consistently. Whatever you do, even if it's three days a month, or even if it's one day a month outside of Ramadan, but make the intention to maintain it as a noble and honored act of worship. And inshallah, by doing so, you will be elevated, you will be honored, and you will be granted great rewards beyond what any eye has ever seen or any ear has ever heard or has ever crossed the human imagination. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us and you tawfiq and make us love fasting and accept it from us. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. To subscribe to the show, visit soulfood.fm, where you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or by email. If you're on iTunes, please also leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show. 